Now, I want to preface this once again because uh, no matter who we are, we could be doing good in life and still get stuck, okay? And I've realized something that when those obstacles come, sometimes the solution is just to go around the obstacle. Other times the solution is to go through the obstacle. Sometimes it's to go over the obstacle, but with Christ Jesus in our life, come on somebody, we can always, come on, overcome the obstacle. Are you with me this morning? And so what we need to do is we need to go back to the Word of God. And I I preface this at the very beginning of our Unstuck series is that I have a confession to make. I am stuck in a good marriage, okay? Our marriage is good. But listen to me, I don't want to just be stuck at good. I want a great marriage, okay? I have good kids, all right? But I want them to be great kids. And so I believe that these messages apply to us no matter what season of life we find ourselves in today. Because sooner or later, we will get stuck in some area. Today, as we talk about getting unstuck in family, specifically in family, some of you might be sitting here today as a single man or a single woman, uh, and and you're like, well, I don't really have a family. I'm single, okay? Well, the last time I talked to a single person in our church, they don't want to be single forever, okay? Matter of fact, 90-something percent of the single people I talk to say, no, I want want to get married someday, okay? I, I want to have a family. And so you're stuck in that season of singleness. You need to get unstuck and get to that place of family. And these principles that we're going to talk about today, I believe as we hear them and we apply them, it'll help us get to the great place that God has for us. So we've been in this series of Unstuck. And so I figured on Mother's Day, uh, we would lighten it up just a little bit because last week um, I, I kind of beat on us a little bit, all right? And, uh, and, but it was a good message. If you missed it, go back, check out the 1030 service. I got tons of comments about that message, how it's already challenged them, helped them in some form, some fashion. Uh, but today we're going to look at some principles that we can apply in family to help us get unstuck. The journey of becoming a healthy, healthy Christian family, okay, which is what we want to do, uh, at, at times can find us stuck in sinkholes of monotony. Marriage, parenting, come on, is anybody's children ever acted up before is it only mine okay two honest people three honest people okay time pressure stress conflict even the best efforts to put on our sunday best can hide the lack of intentional spiritual development that marks so many of our families the good news is this that god has a plan to get us unstuck in our families a plan that moves us Husbands, wives, sons and daughters, and even brothers and sisters down the road to becoming everything that God has intended for us to be. Amen? And so we're going to talk about that. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to read a portion of Ephesians 5, portions of Ephesians 6, and go back to God's original intent for family. Okay? And we're going to look at this today. Um, As I look at the Bible as a whole, one of the number one ways God relates to his people is as a family. He calls us his children, okay? He calls us sons, he calls us daughters, and he's relating to us as family. So family is a very important topic in Scripture. So let's read Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Walk in love. Drop down now to verse 22. And uh, we're going to look now at moms, dads, husbands, wives, part of the family unit. Verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body and in himself its Savior. 
Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Let's go to chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And all the parents said? Okay. Honor your father and your mother. Listen to this. This is the first commandment with promise or with blessing. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Fathers, mothers, husbands, wives, sons, daughters, getting back to the original intent God had for family. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, I I thank you that your word is living and active. Lord, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and I pray that that word would come today and work in our life. I I pray that, God, your word would challenge us today. It would correct us today. It would encourage us today. That, God, we would take the word that we hear And we would not just be hearers, but we would be doers. We would apply it to our life, and we would see ourselves begin to get unstuck out of these ruts in our families and in our lives. Hallelujah. Glorifying you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Now, now many things we see in those passages that I read to you today, um, but more than just the content, I, I want to look at just a couple of things real quickly, okay? Um, you know, we've, we've, we've had those series before. We talked about the wife submitting, the husband laying down his life, but I want to pull out some key words real quickly that I see in Scripture here that we read today and how the family, what, what, what happens inside a family. A couple of those are honor, okay? We see that word honor, honoring the father and the mother. But we also see honor when we look at the role of the husband and the role of the wife, that they are honoring one another as they fulfill that role. But not only are they honoring one another, they're honoring Jesus and his word, okay? So we see that in a family, there is honor taking place. Now, I know that as maybe, as you look at your family, maybe you don't see that honor. Maybe that's not there. Well, maybe that's an area that you're stuck, Okay, And the only way to bring that honor is as you step out and apply the word of God today and you begin to bring honor, then the honor becomes mutual. Okay? I also see love, okay? mutual love taking place, loving one another, caring for one another. We see it right here at the very beginning of Ephesians chapter 5. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. How are we going to walk as a family? Right here. Walk in love as Christ loved us. Christ being our example. Listen, as we go through this series, we're always going to go back to Jesus, all right? Because he is the firstborn. He, among many brethren, the Bible says that he literally, come on, is the one that paved the way. We go and we look at him and we know how we ought to behave in these settings. So we see honor, we see love, okay? We see harmony. We see a working together, okay? I know this, that when there's harmony in my family, man, it's such a good feeling, Okay, there's peace in the home, everything's clicking, everything's connecting, man, things are going good. Okay? We see harmony, we see love, we see honor, we see forgiveness. And we're going to talk about that one a little more in just a minute. We see forgiveness. Okay? 
Another one we see is, is in Ephesians 5, that 22, uh, kind of moving on, we see this big word called submission, okay? Now, I want to just, I just want to highlight this for a minute, uh, because I think sometimes we can miss this point, okay? Submissions. It talks about wives submitting to your husbands, okay, as the church is to submit to Christ, okay? But as you read through the entire text, and as you read through other scriptures in the Bible, what you're going to discover is there is actual mutual submission, okay? There's mutual submission. This is how I described it in the, in the, in the first service. I'll, I'll, I'll describe it this way for us today. Mutual submission, okay? It's kind of like this. It's kind of like if you have two armies, and each army has a general, Okay? Each army has a leader. Okay? This army is submitting to this leader. This army is submitting to this leader. But God says, hey, in order for us to do life properly, in order for us to overcome the enemy, in order for us to walk around some of those leaves, come on somebody, okay? in order for us to do that, we've got to bring these two armies together. Okay? And so you have mama army over here, come on somebody, with mama general, and you have daddy army over here with daddy general. Okay? Man, mama is, is, she got her army, daddy's got his army. But what God said is, I want, I want mama and dada army to come together. But as they come together, because God's not into two-headed monsters, all right? That's just not a pretty picture, okay? God's not into that. So what God says is, you know what? As these two armies come together, they're both generals. They both have abilities to lead. They both have abilities to do, do things to, to create momentum and forward movement and getting unstuck. But I have to have one leader. And so, Daddy, General, you're going to be the leader. Okay? Now, here's the thing. Does Mama have some say? Absolutely. She's a general too. Okay? Now, if Mama General wants to make progress and move forward, she's going to understand something really quickly. Okay, this is the way it's set up. God named Daddy General as the leader, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to submit and I'm going to come under. That does not mean I don't have an opinion, okay? Because I have a whole army I'm leading, okay? That doesn't mean I don't have wisdom and ideas, okay? Because I've been a job. I know what it is to lead, okay? But I understand that God set Daddy General in the place, and so, okay, I'm, I'm going to submit and I'm going to come under, Okay? But here's the thing, man, that we need to understand, okay? If you are a smart general, you are going to submit to mama general. What do you mean by that, okay? If you're a, if you're a wise daddy general, you are not going to come like this. And I've talked to men like this. You are not going to come and say, hey, look, it's my way or no way. God put me in charge. Read the Bible. Submit. You are a dumb general. You can throw that at her all you want, but the Bible doesn't say throw the word at her. It says to wash over her with the water of the word, okay? That that just doesn't work. Hey, look, this is what we're doing. I got a vision. I got a plan, and you're going to come along, get the kids in order. Come on, we're moving forward. You're going to dig a deeper rut and stay stuck, okay? If you're a a wise daddy general, what you're going to do is you're going to come to mama general, and you're going to say, hey, you're good looking. Have I told you how good your hair looks today and how nice your outfit is? And, and you're going to say this, hey, look, in prayer, you know, God gave me some stuff, and, and I just want to bring it over to you and get your thoughts on it. This is the plan that I, I feel like God is speaking to us as a family, um, but I realize that I don't see the whole picture, and I don't know what's going on perfectly with the kids. you got a different, and so what do you think about this, Mama General? Okay, you know what you just did? You just got on the same page together. 
Because Mama General is going to look at that and say, you know what, that is a really good plan. And Mama Generals have a way of tweaking your whole entire plan and making it excellent. That is the truth, okay? If you lead out of tyranny, it is not going to work. This is really good, okay? But if you lead out of submission, hey, what do you think about this, okay? And I'm telling you, uh, that's, that's how we lead our family, you know? And, 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 you know, and I'll come and I'll say something, and you know what? We'll put it together, and man, it's wonderful. It's beautiful, and it's a lot of fun. And then the whole entire army of car and faith, come on, they, come on, they fall behind, and, and they submit. Hmm. That's submission. That's wisdom. That's the way that God intended the family to be. Amen? Are you with me? Well, I want to share with you just real quickly a few, a few things that I've learned over my life, things that I've gleaned from watching my parents uh, lead uh, uh, their family, um, and things that I see in Scripture. And here's what I want you to do is as we apply these things, uh, I want you to understand something, okay? I have five Ps because I was trying to be creative for Mother's Day. I don't know. I should use five Ms but, for Mother's Day. But um, there's, there's one more that's not listed in this list, and that is this thing called passion. Passion. Something I've noticed that is very attractive to families, really very attractive to people in general, is if people do things with passion. Do you think? I mean, I, I, you know, if, if you walked into this church and you might look up front and you might see the tall, goofy guy trying to dance up front during worship, okay? And that's fine if you thought that I was tall and goofy, okay? My wife thinks I'm tall, dark, and handsome, and that's all that matters. Thank you. Could have used a bigger amen, but amen. thank you, okay? But how would it be if you walked into church and I was up front and worship was going and I was just like. This song's going to end, okay? If you walked in and you saw the pastor, would you want to go to that church? No, okay? You might come out of sheer entertainment of watching the tall, goofy guy dance, but that's okay, all right? I'm passionate about what I'm doing. Listen to me. That's not a show. It's not like, okay, I need to do this because there's people watching, Okay? It's I'm really passionate about Jesus. I really love Jesus, okay? Okay, that same passion, though, flows over into my family. You can ask my wife. Man, if, I, if it's time for, the, for kids, man, I'm passionate about my children, okay? If it's date night, man, I'm passionate about date night, okay? It's passion because I've realized something. If it's worth doing, and some people would say it's worth doing well, yes, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. But I like to say this, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing with passion. Are you with me? There's nothing more frustrating than going someplace and the person working there has no passion. Like you wonder if they even want to be at work. It's like, look, I'm paying you to be passionate about what you're doing right. I don't care if you like your job or not. Go get a different job. I can't. Well, then be passionate about this one or you're going to lose it, okay? Be passionate. There's nothing worse than, you know, it can be something as simple as this. I, I went to Target um, uh, to do some stuff with my daughters after their basketball game yesterday and they were hungry and they're like, Daddy, can we get something to eat? And I'm like, yes. Target, it's a cheap place to eat, okay? Now, I know that they don't pride themselves on quality food at Target as far as in their little eating place. I know that, and probably not even on quality service. But I walk over there, and by the time I got through the line and was about ready to pay the lady, I honestly wanted to just leave. I did not want to pay that lady any money at all. She was rude. She looked like she didn't even want to be there. She was so unattentive. She lacked all passion. There was nothing, there was no good experience at all at Target Dining. I will never go back, okay? I'll go to a different Target dining, you know? It was just nothing. Listen to me. Whatever you're doing, do it with passion. Do it with passion. Even if you don't like your job, could you be thankful that you have one? 
and you're getting paid, right? I mean, I love it. Last night, I went to buy because I'm making an amazing dinner after church for my mom and uh, for my wife and for my daughters. And so I went last night and grabbed all the stuff I needed, and I couldn't find something. And this little 16-year-old girl that was working there, she came over, and she was like, you look like you need something. I was like, I do. And she's like, can I help you find it? And I was like, yeah, I need French bread. She's like, oh, follow me. I was just like, I like you. Can I clone you and have you come to my church, you know? I mean, she was, and she was literally like just like beaming with joy and kept looking up at me like I'm leading you to the bread, you know? It was honestly, for a minute, it was a little awkward. I'm like, you really work here, right? You're not going to kill me or something. So she took me to this big smile. She took me over. She's like, oh, the bread's all gone. This is where it should be. But hold on a second. Let me go check with the baker. He happens to be here right now. I'm like. You're a 16-year-old Vaughn's employee, you know? But it was so awesome. She came back. She's like, I'm so sorry. But if you come back tomorrow, we will have French bread. I was just like, I like you. She was passionate about it. What if you carried that with you, okay? Through these things that we're going to talk about real quickly. Practical ways to get unstuck in your family. You might be stuck because you're married. You might be stuck with disobedient children. I don't know. You might be stuck because something happened in your family, and you can't move around that leaf. Here's some ways you can get unstuck. Number one, real simple, real practical, but rarely done, pray together. Pray together. Pray together. That is so essential and so powerful, but yet it's so overlooked. I guarantee you that if you start to pray together, you will get on the same page. You'll be on the same page. Now, this is not, ladies or gentlemen, this is not your time as you're praying together to pray out loud all of the things you wish your spouse would do. Okay? You can't really, I mean, manipulation and prayer, they don't really go together. Okay? So this is not your turn. Hey, yeah, let's pray together. Okay, awesome. Lord, I thank you so much for my wife. God, I thank you that this week she is actually going to do all the laundry. And I thank you that, okay, and your wife's sitting there listening. Okay? Remember, it's going to be her turn to pray in a minute. <laughs> God, I pray that my husband would actually live like Jesus for once. Because <laughs> if he doesn't go to the cross, I'm going to nail him there, Jesus. You know? It's, it's not your time to manipulate in prayer. This is a time to, to set everything aside, come together, pray together, seek God together. Okay? And now if you're a single person, you're like, ah, oh, this one, I don't really have anybody to pray. Listen to me. If you don't learn how to pray as a single man, you will never learn how to pray when you're married. If you don't learn how to pray as a single woman, listen to me. Don't just think that, yeah, one day when I get married, we'll, we'll pray together. No, you won't. If you don't institute that now, it won't happen later. Okay? And praying together. But not just with your spouse, getting your children involved. Why is that so essential? Because here's what happens. When we are praying, we are approaching the throne of mercy and grace. We are coming in alignment with God's will. And so now here I am praying, and I, the, the husband, am getting in alignment with God's will. But how many know that God has a single will for a family? Okay? He's not creating dysfunction. He's creating function. He's not going to speak one thing to my wife and something completely different to me. Okay? And so when I'm praying, I'm aligning my will with God's will. Oh, okay. And she's aligning her will with God's will. And now my kids are aligning their will with God's will. Now we're all on the same will, his. And so we flow together and function as a family. That's a powerful, powerful tool, tool to get unstuck. First Chronicles 16.11 talks about seeking him continually. Now when you seek him continually as a family, something good happens. 
I pray with my daughters twice a day on the way to school and at night before they go to bed, okay? And obviously any other times that present themselves, we'll pray together. But man, I'm teaching my kids how to pray. And let me tell you something, when we first started out, it was, yeah, sure, it was just something simple. You know, Jesus, I just pray that I have a really good day and so would mommy and daddy, amen. But now to listen to my daughters pray, it is amazing. And they have so much faith. They have more faith. I just love listening to them pray because their faith as they pray. My daughters pray for the church every single day. And, this is, they, they, and I didn't ask them to. I didn't say, hey, I think you should pray for the church. They just started doing it. And, they just, and this is what they pray. They pray, Jesus, I pray that you would bring a Googleplex people to the church. I said, girls, do you know how much a Googleplex is? They said, yeah, Dad, it's the biggest number there is. I was like, girls, where are we going to fit them all? Dad, that's your job, not ours. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. Man, that faith and the fact that they really believe the prayers they're praying is powerful. Number two, how can we get unstuck as a family? Proclaim together. What are we proclaiming? Proclaim together, proclaim the word of God. Speak the word of God in your family. Get out the Bible and read it together. Read it out loud. Now, one of my favorite memories at growing up was me coming, waking up in the morning and coming out into the living room and seeing my dad in that chair with the Bible open and him reading it. I'd see him reading the Bible. That has stuck with me. Man, I want my daughters to wake up in the morning. I don't want them to see me flipping through Facebook, watching the news. I want them to walk out and see the Bible on my lap and me reading it, me meditating on it. I want to instill this in my family because, man, when I get the word of God in me, the Bible says this in Psalm 119, it's your word that I've hidden in my heart that I might not. It also says that in the same, further on in Psalm 119, that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The reason some of us are stuck in our families is because we don't have the light on. Come on, we need to be like Hotel 6. Come on, just leave the light on. Leave it on. All times. Reading it daily, meditating on it daily. When's the last time you got out your Bible as a single person and read it? When's the last time you got out your Bible and read it as a family? Then I'm telling you, anytime that we've had uh, uh, situations arise with our kids, um, and I don't just mean bad behaviors, I mean it's literally an attack of the enemy. You know what we do? We get out the Bible, and we actually wrote scriptures out and taped them to the side of the bookshelf so they would see them and have them memorize it. Boom, that stuff breaks like that. Why? Because it's a light. It's a lamp. It's a powerful, powerful tool. It blessed me the other night. I said, girls, um, before you go to bed, I need you to go grab a book and I need you to read. And so um, I walked by to check up on and make sure they're reading. I walked by Faith's room first and I saw her and she was laying on her bed and she had her little Bible open and she was reading the Bible. I didn't tell her to pick the Bible. She just went and she picked it and she was reading it. And I walk down to Cara's room, and I look in, and Cara's laying on the carpet in front of her bed, and she actually has a notepad out and a pen, she has her Bible open. And I said, baby, are you reading? She goes, no, Dad, I already read the story. I said, what are you doing? She goes, I'm writing down what I got out of the story. Wow. I was like, you are so much like your mom. <laughs> Not like your dad. I ain't that holy. <laughs> you know? She's writing out. this, And then she sat there, and she explained it to me. Here's what I got, Dad. And I was like, baby, that's awesome. Man, I love seeing them. Come on, in the word of God. Uh, this is the last, uh, the, the last prayer I pray for them every day when they go to school. As we're pulling up, I pray Romans 1, 16 and 17 over them. And I, pray, I, I say this, I say, God, I pray they never be ashamed of the gospel. 
I pray they know it's the power of God unto salvation for all those who believe, for the Jew first, then for the Gentile, for in it the righteousness of God is being revealed from faith to faith. That's going to stick with them. And they're going to love the word. We've got to proclaim the word of God together. Read it. Maybe rather than having movie night, have Bible night. Right? Read the Bible together. Number three, practice together. Practice together. Pra- what, what do I mean by that? Practice together. In two different areas, in probably several more, John 8, 38 and John 5, 19, Jesus said this, I only do that which I see and hear the Father do. My father modeled it for me. He, he modeled, in other words, he was doing what he wanted me to do. And I see him do it. I hear him speak it. Therefore, I do it. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 11. 1. He said, be imitators of me as I am an imitator of Christ Jesus. And so here, what does that mean? It means I see what Christ did. I'm going to walk it out now. I'm going to put it into practice. We need to practice our faith daily in practical ways practice our faith daily it's one thing to come and talk about forgiveness it's another thing to walk in forgiveness it's one thing to pray about it in the morning you know that christ forgive me as i forgive others daily that have come against me and offended me that's one thing to pray it's another thing to step out and do it how many guys have ever been offended before oh come on liars raise your hand okay okay you've been offended before Man, there's something powerful that happens when you step out and you forgive. It unlocks the bitterness. It unlocks the resentment. Forgiveness is a powerful thing, okay? We've got to practice that. We've got to model it for our children. If I've done something to my wife and my kids were there present, I need to go and I need to model what it is to ask for forgiveness. And they can see that. Somebody with me this morning. We need to to practice these things. We need to practice the submission we talked about, the honor, the forgiveness. Let me read this one to you. Uh, Ephesians 4, in the same book, verses 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Man. Man. Walking in forgiveness. We need to model these things. We need to practice these things. What about practicing unconditional love? What about loving when you don't want to love? Let me say, something breaks. Loving when you don't want, it's just sheer, okay, I'm going to love you. Okay? Man, something breaks. Unconditional love. You're modeling what Christ has for the church. What about this one? What about modeling serving in your local church? What about practicing that one as a family? Not just as an individual, but what about saying, hey, family, we're going to put Christ first, and here's how we're going to do it, okay? And you model that, and you practice it. There's something powerful about that. And we've told our daughters from day one, three years ago when we planted this church, we didn't say mommy and daddy are planting a church. We said we are planting a church. And my girls, man, that's why they're praying for Googleplex people. And you know what? They come and they serve last week. Um, uh, mommy needed a helper in class, and so she said, hey, Cara, you want to be, um, be one of my helpers? And she was like, Mom, are you serious? She was like, do I get to wear one of the Urban Kids shirts? Yes, absolutely. You're going to be my helper. And, man, she just walked with so much confidence, and not, pri- not pride in a bad way, but pride in, like, I, I, I get to help. I get to serve. You know, we give our kids a choice every single Friday night on whether or not they want to come to set up. We don't want to make them come to set up. 
Okay, there's seven and nine. We could make them. But we asked them, hey, girls, do you want to go maybe spend time with Grandma tonight and just hang out with Grandma at her house, and, and she'll stay home from setup, and you can hang out there? Do you want to come to setup? We want to go to setup. Okay? Now, they don't necessarily do a whole lot of the setting up, okay? But they feel like they're a part of it, and they're learning what it is to serve in the local church together. Man, what about modeling that for a family? What about coming? There's something so powerful about serving together as a family. Practice together. Why do we need to practice some of these things together like forgiveness? Because I've learned something that although Christ said to husbands to lay down their life as Christ did for the church, guys, we don't always do that. Right? Or am I the only one? Right? I mean, I want to do that, but I don't always lay down my life. Okay? And so, ladies, you've got to practice forgiveness. Right? And so sometimes I intentionally don't lay down my life for my wife so she can practice forgiveness. But, you know, I think she needs to learn some forgiveness. So, you know what? I'm not, I'm not laying down my life today. Just kidding. Okay? How about the other way around? Okay? Guys don't always lay down their life, but wives don't always submit. Right? And so we've got to practice these things. We've got to play these things out. Now, listen to me. You know what? There will be a lot less of having to forgive if we actually did the first one pray together more because we're on the same page number four plan together plan together as a family plan together the bible says in, in proverbs twenty eighteen that without a vision people perish okay think about a family without a vision for your family without a plan for your family your family will perish dream together plan life together okay don't just come up with a plan and say, okay, this is what we're doing. Everybody on board, let's go. Man, you allow your family to be a part of the process. You allow your children to be a part of the process. We do this with simple things. We do it with big things. We do it with something as simple as vacations. This, this year, we, 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 we laid it out for our girls. And the first one I had a chance to talk to is Faith. She's seven years old. I said, Faith... Do you want to go to Palm Springs? Because uh, about every year we go to Palm Springs because we got a good deal on a resort there. I said, do you want to go to Palm Springs this summer or do you want to go to Disneyland? And I thought she would have chose Disneyland. But she looked at me for about 30 seconds. She said, Dad, I want to go to Palm Springs. She's seven. You don't want to go to Disneyland? The princesses, you know? Why not? And I'm glad she chose Palm Springs because it's a lot cheaper than Disneyland. Praise Jesus. You know? But she chose Palm Springs. So guess what we're doing? We're going to Palm Springs, okay? And I have them as a part of the plan. They're dreaming. They're already talking about it. Hey, can we do this when we get there again? Can we go to the Children's Museum? And remember the slide from last year? And, and remember how we can go make that Build-A-Bear at that one place by the pool? And they've got it all planned out. They're excited. Man, it builds some excitement in your family. Whether you don't have kids, you're just married. Listen, man, plan together. Build vision together. Dream together. It's an absolutely powerful thing. Teach your children how to dream. Put something in front of them that's bigger than them. Plan life together. Without that vision, your family is getting stuck in a rut. But man, you plan together. Something awesome happens. Lastly, and we'll conclude here. Number five, play together. Play together. Listen, all of these are important. Man, pray together. And there's an old saying that says a family that prays together stays together. Okay, you've heard it, right? Well, you could really apply these to anything, you know? Family that practices together stays together. Family that plans together stays together. This one I love. A family that plays together stays together. 
Man, we need to play together as a family. You know, the Bible says this in first, uh, excuse me, 2 Peter 1.3, that God has given us all things we need for life and godliness. He does not just care, uh, I mean, about the fact that, oh, we live in holy, live in holy, live in holy, live in right, live in holy, live in righteous. Get sin out. He wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to have fun. And listen to me, being a Christian is one of the most fun things about life. It's awesome, okay? But we need to make sure that we are playing together as families, okay? And here's the thing, is that if you never schedule it in, it never happens. You've got to be in, celebrate life. Celebrate family. Plan it into your week. Plan it. My wife and I, we have date night planned in. And, uh, you know, when we first started the church, it was a battle. Like, oh, when are we going to find date night? Because we've got to do this, do that, okay? But for about the last three months, man, every Thursday night, it's date night, okay? And it is there whether we do a date at home or whether we go out. We try to go out, but gas price is going up, and I drive a Jeep Wrangler. I get about a negative 14 miles per gallon, you know? Okay, and we just, we, that's date night. And, you know, and so we're out, we're having fun. But we also plan those things in to our, to, with our kids. The other day, um, as we're coming home, I think it was a Thursday, it was a Thursday, it was date night, and so before we went on our date, I just felt like, you know, we need to spend time with our kids. And so um, we picked them up from school, and actually Katie did, and I called and said, hey, tell them when they get home, we're going to spend time together. And she told them they were so excited. And, uh, you know, we did something simple. We got on a bike and we rode around the neighborhood. Went down streets we'd never been down before and just rode all over the place, and they loved it. And then when we got home, we had a pool tournament, okay? It was Daddy and Faith against Mommy and Cara. Come on, somebody, and Daddy's team won. We, she lost. She likes to say she lost. Rather. She scratched on the eight ball. Oh, well. You lost. I tried to let her win for Mother's Day, but she blew it, so. Okay? And we played together. And afterwards, man, my kids were refreshed. But not only were my kids refreshed, I was refreshed. Man, when you play together, man, something awesome happens. And let me just tell you this. It's a lot easier to pray together when you've been playing together. And it's a lot easier to be played together when you've been praying together. Man, you do both. Man, teach your family how to have fun. Man, plan it in. Celebrate. Find reasons to celebrate. Man, we, I, I'm always finding, because I like to party, I'm always finding reasons. You got a C? Awesome. Let's go celebrate. C stands for celebrate. Let's go. You got an F? It's okay. F stands for fun. Come on, let's go get ice cream. You know? I'm just always finding ways to celebrate, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. You know, and I think God wants us to have fun. I, th- I think, honestly, when I, when I read through Scripture, because, you know, people are like, Ben, you know, all things for life and godliness, okay, but where's the whole play part? God likes to play. Read your Bible. He likes to mess around with people. Think about this. Think about the talking donkey in the Old Testament. I mean, God could have chose any way to come and speak to Balaam, but he chose his donkey. And his donkey just shreds him apart. Like, why are you hitting me, you moron? I mean, read the, it's, it's powerful. <laughs> what, about, what about when the, when the important guy, right, comes to the man of God and says, hey, I have leprosy and I need to be healed. And he says, okay, I want you to go dip in the dirty river seven times. You don't think God was having fun with that one? I mean, he's messing with people. Oh, you think you're important? Okay, you want to really be healed? Go dip in the toilet seven times, okay? Are you kidding me? God's up in heaven like, 
I mean, the Bible's awesome. I, I love some of the ones in the New Testament where, where a blind guy, I mean, poor blind guy, right? Comes to Jesus, wanting to be healed, and Jesus is like, <laughs> mixes spit with dirt and makes mud. Do you guys read your Bible? Okay? Tell me God's not messing around with some people right there, right? I mean, what, I don't even understand the whole story of Samson. I mean, let's make him look like a hippie, and then he'll have strength in being a hippie, you know? Long hair. God's just messing with people. Mud and a blind wall. I can see now. God's up in heaven laughing. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Psalm 1, he who sits in the heavens, you read your Bible, laughs. Why is he laughing? Because he's messing with us. <laughs> Listen to me. God likes to have fun. He wants his children to have fun. He is a fun-loving God, and he wants, listen to me, but yet, here's how we have fun. We have fun within the boundaries that he has created for us. And when he said, I want my families to have fun, I want them to move forward, I want them to make progress, here's how they can do it. Here's my word, live according to my word. Be a family that models honor and submission and love and forgiveness and unconditional love and and model all those things and my life's going to be good. If you are stuck today, I tell you the truth, if you begin to apply these things in your life, I'm telling you right now that over the next several weeks, you'd feel yourself begin to get unstuck. Whether you're in a dating relationship, you're engaged, you're, you're a husband and a wife that, 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 that doesn't have children yet, maybe you're a family unit already, or maybe you're a single mom or a single dad, I'm telling you right now, you begin to pray together, you begin to play together, you begin to proclaim the word of God together, you're going to see some dramatic change take place. Things are going to start to gel, things are going to start to click, and all of a sudden, you'll be looking at that leaf you say you know what all i need to do come on it's not as bad as the twig of 93 all i have to do is begin to walk around that leaf and begin to move forward in jesus christ god we thank you for your word today god we thank you that your word is living and active and sharp lord i pray right now god for every single person in this place whether married whether single whether they have children no children God, whether they're a single parent, a grandparent, God, I pray today that your word would literally come right now and begin to minister, begin to speak. Hallelujah.